In a complicated world, we need art. Art in all its mediums allows us as individuals and as a society to address often taboo topics. For this episode, I sit down with Al Wilson and Josie Santos from a Lynn, Massachusetts-based nonprofit, Beyond Walls. Beyond Walls uses public art to create community-inspired murals and other curated experiences to activate spaces and strengthen community. Normally, I let the intro flow right into the episode. However, today, I'd like to ask that you go and see their work before continuing on. Their work is inspiring, and seeing it will help to create better context for this episode's conversation. I'd recommend watching the quick video entitled Beyond Walls 2017 Mural Festival Recap Full Version, which can be found on their website at beyond-walls.org. When you arrive to the landing page, click enter and then scroll to the bottom of their homepage and you'll see a video embedded from Vimeo. Once again, the website is beyond-walls.org. Please pause here and go check out the site and this video. Now that you've seen how they build community through art, this episode will explore how they're actively responding to the COVID crisis, both locally in Lynn and surrounding communities of need. Please note that this episode was recorded in their warehouse office, and so the audio has a little echo and there's also some background work going on. To quote JR, a world-renowned French street artist, art isn't supposed to change the world, but it can. I'm Jarrett Carpenter, and this is Wi-Fi and Water. Okay, so I am here with Al and Josie from Beyond Walls organization in Lynn. Al and Josie, how are you guys doing? Oh, pretty good. Doing very well. Thanks for having us. Excellent, excellent. So we are here in the studio in Lynn. Uh, How long have you guys been here? We moved here, uh, I'm going to say it was beginning of last year, fairly early last year. Prior to that, we have been in a sort of donated completely unbuilt out office space on Union Street. And then the space we're in here is, is much bigger. It was a, uh, was a machine shop, okay. which we think is pretty fitting. Um, it's, think, it seems very fitting. Yeah. It seems very fitting. And, and for our listeners, if you hear any ambient banging, it's because we are currently in production of um, some hand washing stations that will then be distributed around the community and other local communities. So that just, we are still in the machine shop. Good, two, yeah. two, two awesome uh, students from WinTech are paid interns at, at Beyond Walls and they're, they're cranking out. So it's, uh, it's fun, but it's noisy. It's fun, fun and noisy, that's a good way to put yeah. it. And I feel like this is a downtime potentially when I was able to drop by today because I feel like this thing could be kind of, you know, a bunch of people at the office, People over here making stuff, people getting stuff ready to go out in the community, people here in a conference. What is this normal for the Beyond Walls office? I think we're, I'd like to call it a little bit controlled chaos. <laughs> Josie, might, uh, Josie might disagree on that, but um, it's, uh, it can be totally chaotic at times. I mean, we're, yeah. we're really three full-time parties, and then we scale up and scale down based on Know, different projects, including the festival, obviously has us vastly increase our, our numbers for just before the artists arrive while the artists are with us and uh, to do the cleanup. But right now, um, you know, we've been fairly responsive in the projects we're taking on based on community needs during COVID. And so it has us sitting in here now thinking, you know, there's probably five or six 
municipalities right now that are waiting on um, responses on my end just in the last, you know, 12 hours uh, for these hand washing stations and also our uh, another project we've got called Fold, which is our, our outdoor dining. And then Josie's running point on a project called Truth Be Told, which is know youth stories about this time of COVID-19 and Black Lives Matter and everything that's going on in their lives which ultimately influences the art that's coming in the city so we're we're herding cats you know we got a lot there's a lot going on um, and um, you know and Josie, Josie's got some other projects that we haven't unveiled yet but but she's working flat out Phil who's off the far side of operations is is flat out and obviously the, the interns are just cranking so it's good but we're, we're hoping that we can ramp up production of these and it's pretty cool to be you know manufacturing in a former machine shop here in a city that was built upon manufacturing so it's pretty neat right and I think sometimes growing up in North Shore I forget that this area used to be an industrial hub for the Northeast. Um, and it's more, for me, it's a lot more present if I go to Lowell because it's just so like, you know, those buildings are just so prominent. Uh, and, you know, the coming center in Beverly used to be the United Shoe. And I forget that now, because now you go and there's like Acapulco's and there's a bunch of lawyers and dentists. Yeah. Uh, and then driving through Lynn too, you have these very cool spaces that are now being like retrofitted to do other things in the community, which is great. Yeah. Um, and so, Josie, do you want to talk about the truth be told? I truth think, be told. Yeah. Is the opportunity for um, the youth can speak out um, about the period they, they spend inside with the family and uh, now school and uh, all the news about the virus and uh, have to keep, you know, social distance. They can get it together with the friends. And uh, the truth be told is the opportunity to the kids can speak out through arts and uh, through photography or poem, or they can talk about some history, what's going on. And uh, YouTuber, you're gonna uh, put it in the arts and uh, put in the walls and uh, celebrate. You know, it's, I can say celebrate. You overcome like the first four months and uh, above. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, super exciting. Yeah, super exciting. And are these just? Is it just Lynn? Uh, students, Lynn community members, or is it beyond Lynn? Um, What's uh, uh, Lynn students? Yeah, it's for the youth. Okay. And uh, we have some municipality. Uh, some kids come from other um, uh, municipality can join, like uh, boys and girls and the YMCA. And this kids gonna be able to participate, submit some. Yeah. Yeah, because I was looking around. I think it's tbt2020.com. Shout yeah. out, visit that, yeah. and it looks really cool. Yeah. Um, what kind of stories, is it open-ended when you reach out and you're like, tell us a story, or do you give kids uh, kind of a little bit of parameter so you uh, spur different types of things, or do you just say, tell us a story? No, they have uh, three projects. One, okay. they can speak out, they can uh, talk about, and they can do a poem, they can write about. The, the second one is inside out. Um, they have the chance to uh, photographer the who is the hero. For them this time, it can be like a, the nurse, it can be the parents, it can be the caregivers, it can be the grandparents, someone was around and they cared in this moment, it can be the firefighter, it can be the 
the, the, the police department. It can be like um, people working the, in the food, um, the food, you know, to deliver food for people in this moment. They have, they're going to have a chance to show, um, um, take a photo from the hero, submit to us, and they're going to have a chance to say to us why they were the hero. And this is going to be blown up. Blown up. Yeah, so it's part of it. French artist JR. I was going to say, it sounds like JR and his work, which is super powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's Inside Out project and, and you know, the, the youth stories and their photo ends up being part of that collection and that will blow all of these photos up. They're black and white and we'll, we paste them on the walls and, and um, you know, we just got another wall agreement last night. So it, it and we're looking to maximize the amount of youth that participate, and that's why it's such a you know big age range, five to twenty-one. But it's age-specific prompts. The other, the drawing prompt, um, you know, that ends up being taken from a you know a low fidelity image to high fidelity, and we partnered with Amplifier, um, which is a Shepherd Ferry-led team, and they basically they have their designs their posters from COVID, from from social unrest and humanitarian um, endeavors that are going on right now, Black Lives Matter. And basically the, the kids' drawings and amplifiers' uh, drawings become this massive quilt, which is also a giant wheat paste. Um, our other partner in it, Harbor Voices from Gloucester, is really a uh, a storytelling feature. So this would be actual audio recordings of the youth stories. Um, and, and then we're going to do hopefully an in-person immersive environment where it's Harbor Voices is leading this. Um, it's Fog Machines. It's a laser show that's matched up to hearing these stories of this of these youth. Um, pretty powerful. Um, we have the means to do that virtually if depending on COVID-19. And then, and then the, the sort of fourth element is what we're, we're known for, which is putting up large scale street art. So we have new artists coming to the city. Um, we've curated it a little bit differently this year. Um, you know, in the past it's really been pretty, uh, uh, not tight parameters. They were always have creative license, but it, and that's still the case. Um, it has to be family friendly. In the past, it, it was uh, it couldn't be overtly political. We're taking a softer, um, softer margins on the overtly political side because this is um, this is this is, this is special times and, and uh, special needs. And these are all the artists that are coming in are actually going to review all of the feedback from the youth. And they're going to use that as part of their creative process and what they put up on the walls. So it could be very, could be very interesting. But up to five artists, yeah, should be fun. That was going to be one of the questions I had in my head today: was when do you move away? Uh, when do you transition from some of the current art that I've seen driving around land, being on the train, uh, to something a little bit more political? Yeah. Because I think art in culture, whether it's poetry whether it's a hip-hop lyric, whether it's music in general, a mural, street art, art in any medium 
normally creates conversation around things that we don't want to talk about. Mm -hmm. So whether that's drugs, sex, religion, or politics, mm -hmm. or politics being an umbrella where all those things kind of fit in or money, um, normally it allows us to say, hey, did you hear that song? I heard it. This is what I thought about it. What did you think about it? Um, and now just even a simple three words written on a street in the United States, I've never seen it cause so much chaos. Um, now that's maybe not, it, it's art in some sense, but it's not, um, it's more of like a, a statement. And so where do you think, uh, where do you think the artist will take it as far as now being able to say, hey, you can make more of a political image if you want. Um, do you have any idea with that? Because it is kind of an opening of Pandora's box and potentially changing the way that you're, uh, I think it's called space making. Is that, is that the place making? Place, place yeah. making, excuse me, thank yeah. you. Um, what do you think uh, that's gonna do? I mean, that's part of a, the part of the challenge and Josie and I chat about this all the time is, yeah. uh, you know, we, we, you know, our mission is to activate space to strengthen communities. It has to be that the, the projects are driven from the community. So there's community-based needs that we wanna, we wanna understand all of them. We then have to look at the ones that we think can be addressed through a creative means, creative placemaking, and we take on those projects. Um, but you have to have permissions from a bunch of different parties. Sometimes on a municipal, you know, if you look at the underpass lighting, it's like, are you gonna get approvals from the MBTA? And local, it's a, it's an awful lot of parties that you got to check a bunch of boxes. So the you know the can't be overtly political is when it comes to the art is often very important, right? Um, it can't be that, and we're a five hundred one c three nonprofit, so we're not a religious organization, we're not a political organization, and we have to be you know there's some there's some parameters there, there's some goalposts. Um, because this is driven from the youth and this is the youth of this community, I think it gives us, uh, it gives us the means to relax this. This is what, you know, if you don't want to listen to what, uh, adults are saying during this time, you better be listening to what the youth are saying and they have something to say. And so we viewed it as it's, uh, it's honestly on us to make sure that their voices are heard. And hopefully this, this project and this art allows for that directly and that their art directly goes up, but also what they're, what they're sharing, you know, these artists can take from that and, and run on it. And it'll still be family friendly, obviously. It's, it's, there's you know, no barrier of entry, so we don't want anything that for families walking around is offensive. But, you know, quite frankly, if, if you don't like this piece, there's another piece that you can look at that's in the in the background and walk on, move on, continue to activate. It's sort of a, that's the that's the power of street art, right? It tells the stories of what's going on, and it's there's no barrier of entry, there's no cost for admission. So, um, yeah, yeah, for and our was um, our was project was um, basically was the. Um, the community feedback, and um, um, we were working. Uh, the priority was the youth, but you work with the family, you work with the other organizations, and uh, we constantly discussing, you know, what is the best for them, 
where they want to be, where they want to see reflecting the city, where they want to see reflecting the murals, where they want to, where they wanted to improve the, 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 the place they live, you know. And uh, basic in this, we working with the other parties to improve the environment, you know, there's people living, there's people working, there's people uh, walking by or shopping, or, and, uh, and uh, this is interesting when the kids or, um, or family walk around and they can see like, oh, I'm a part of this project. Oh, I helped this artist paint this one here. Oh, I was here this one. This guy's pretty cool, you know. I have a lunch with this guy. Oh, I have a chance to catch up with them. they from my country. Oh, they speak my language, you know. And uh, the kids get so proud to be part of the process. And uh, this is for them. We're not doing this like a, for Beyond Walls. You're doing this to give back for the community. You know, you have the privilege to have this welcome community, you know, and embrace, you know, what you're doing. And uh, we work in the grassroots, you know, sometimes like a, that's okay. We're here to work together. You don't have to be afraid, you know. Um, community as a lean, um, we have a many challenge like an immigration situations, family different. Sometimes they take a years, take a time, so they can start to put the voice in. But when you bring someone similar to the community, is this is facilitate to us to communicate. And if they say, oh, this artist from Dominican Republic, oh, I'm from Dominican Republic. No, they say, why is it famous there? Oh, this is awesome. Thank you, bring someone reflect to me, you know. And, uh, and this is starting to open the conversation with the population with the kids, with the business and the other organization. And uh, we're working hard to continue how this relationship and grow and grow and, uh, you know, expand and, uh, you know, take voices and uh, and uh, lean outside the lane, you know. And, uh, for example, we, have, we are in Miami, uh, in the Bazel, uh, mm -hmm. last year. And uh, I was very, like, it's a wonder for me to hear many people say, oh, you guys from Lynn. Oh, my gosh, this is Lynn. We're here from Lynn. They don't say you're from Boston, Massachusetts. It's Lynn. Lynn was this place. I hear something cool happening there. This city is very welcome. Some artists have good experience with the community there. The people is very welcome then. And this, for me, was a great. They refer to my city. You know, and, uh, and uh, for the kids too to hear like uh, someone mentioned, women, you know, and this is this is it's very proud to say like I'm leaner and I have a different message outside my city. You know? Yeah, and with that said, you guys have had a lot of artists, obviously, as you've been saying, outside of the community come into the community of Lynn and working for the artists, local artists, you know? and and work and collaborating. Yeah. So where, because on the website. I saw you have a great Google map that like says, you know, it geo tags all the little, all the walls you can go see and talks about, gives history, which is great. Out of, out of all the artists who have ever come in, in or added, where are we talking about? We're talking about global, right? People who mm -hmm. come from Europe, from Africa, from mm -hmm. South America, from Asia. What, what, what countries, uh, what countries stick out? Like, you know, if you can give a, a roll call of, of countries, um, where have artists come from to to Lynn, Massachusetts to collaborate? Oh, we have Puerto Rico. Yeah. Um, VR and um, London. Cambodia. Cambodia and Australian, uh, Argentina, uh, Brazil. Uh, Eastern European. Eastern you know, European. Colombian. Yeah, well, I mean, we've got, you know, it's, everywhere. It's, it's a very yeah. diverse. Yeah. 
you know, I mean, we've got, we could walk, we could walk uh, less than a hundred yards from this office and have food from, you know, on Union Street, five different yeah. continents. So it's, yum, it's yummy. been fun to bring, <laughs> you know, it, uh, you know, there's been some common themes, you know, pretty much every year we have an artist from the DR, we have uh, artists from Puerto Rico, we have a Cambodian artist, um, you know, there's a sizable Ukrainian Russian population oh, here. Yeah, yeah. So um, there's some common themes and then we branch out, you know, last year we happened to have a, quite a few artists join us. It, it was a contingent uh, sort of an artist team from Colombia. And so, you know, we did a piece at a Colombian restaurant and, it was a lot of a lot of fun parties, you know. A lot of you know, it, it's it's been that's been the fun is seeing, you know, you know these artists all gain weight when they're here, right? So they like, <laughs> they, uh, you know, we provide we provide food, but they're having like second and third breakfast, you know. They're that's, you know that lunches. sounds like the title of the podcast: <laughs> fat fat graffiti. You know, fat graffiti. Come to Lynn, get fat. <laughs> But it's so special, and you know, it's like you know, it had never. I wasn't as, um, I guess, conscious of of that. You know, the the the, uh, the cultural ties to food, drink, music that becomes really readily apparent when you've got different artists on different walls throughout the city, and there's like a mini. Uh, you know, community party going on around that wall that's different <laughs> and we're running point, you know, we've got, all, you know, we last year we hired, you know, 10 Lynn based teenagers to, you know, two weeks before the artists arrived, we started teaching them project management skills and how we were going to operate the, the, you know, the festival. And then you've got, you know, 17 artists from uh, whatever it was, 12 countries come in. And then they're running point with you and all of these like fun, magical things are happening every day um, <laughs> as well as like, you know, logistical challenges. It's right. just, it's just, right. it's a lot of fun. It's like, you just wish you had, you wish there were more hours in the day and wish that every oh. night you could get three more hours sleep um, because uh, you'd be able to, you'd be able to enjoy it a bit. I guess you'd be able to like, you know, what, Six weeks goes real quick, right? So you get the artist in for two weeks. It takes two weeks hard work to prep, two weeks for them to be with us, and then two weeks on the back end to do the cleanup. And when you're done, it is like, it's almost like a dream, you know? You're like, did yeah. that really just happen? Did that, yeah. was that? But, uh, but it's been fun and it's, you know, it, I think from the, from the get-go, you know, we did a, you learn an awful lot doing the work and we, none of us had ever, we hadn't lit bridges before. None of us had installed large, you know, figured out how to Work install large scale pieces of art. <laughs> Work the lift. Yeah. <laughs> I see these videos and these lifts and I'm like, Oh my gosh. Yeah, we got, is... we all got certified in lift operation, you <laughs> yeah. know? So it was sort of like, wow. it was, it was kind of, it's been a lot of, I mean, you got a 1942 IA jet engine behind you on the couch there and then it's ready to be installed at city hall never conserved the jet engine you know it was just but throughout the common theme was having youth work with us on these projects so whether it's lintech students 
you know, three interns inter interned on the underpass lighting project with the IBEW 103, the electricians union. Two of them became union electricians. All, all three of them became <laughs> electricians. That's a really cool project for them to work on in their junior year, you know, junior and senior year. Um, you know, these interns now that are helping us on wash and fold or the 10 interns last year that, you know, helped us with, uh, with the festival, it was just sort of like, it's been, that's been the, you know, when we think about those magical moments, it's been moments with the kids, with the youth. And so that's ended up being something that, you know, a little bit we happened upon, we wanted to have interns on these projects, but more and more as we got involved, it's like, all right, what's the, what are we trying to do with the youth through this project as well? You know, building that in from, from inception. So it's community fed, which is all groups, all walks, all ages, filling us in on some needs and then us plugging in, making sure that we've got that youth component, which, which is, yeah. which is fun. Oh, and yeah. This is new. I mean, like we never, you know, the hand washing station was, you know, COVID hit. Um, it hit certain communities particularly hard. Lynn was one. Um, I think we had, we had some um, we had some really great people here that were working very early to address issues that they knew were going to surface. You know, we've got a, a lieutenant on the fire department who we're close with who on a federal level since before Katrina was working on disaster relief and, um, you know, has worked under a bunch of administrations on a federal level through his training and through his work um, and starting and thinking late January, early February was flying out like every week, every two weeks to DC and working there. And then ultimately told the fed, you know, I, I think it, end of February or early March, I can't, I have to stay in my city. And he helped, he was one of the leaders of the, of the task force set up here to address COVID-19 challenges. We plugged in, they plugged us in, then because we were like, for whatever reason, despite the, yeah. the diversity of the work, we're known as like the art people. So it's like, well, what are we going to do with these guys? I, I throw them on the, uh, we got plugged into the vulnerable population task force and that was the, you know, it was hearing, you know, Lynn community health mm -hmm. saying our nurses are seeing parties that, you know, they haven't washed their hands in three weeks, you know, and my brother's table, which is the largest soup kitchen up here in the North shore saying, Hey, you know, all of the restaurants, all of the bars, all of the cafes, everywhere that was a public restroom that the parties that were serving were utilizing to wash their hands are shuttered. There's no hand, you know, how, how are we going to stop the spread amongst this population and, and to us? And so that was the catalyst for, uh, you know, our first hand washing station, which is up on union street. It's like a kit of parts. I mean, it's like 275 gallon tank, with a sink attached to the side of it. And, you know, it's very much rudimentary compared to what the kids are working on now, but that was the catalyst for, for wash, you know, for this project. Yeah. So it's, it's at times, you know, it's. Yeah, at times you have to, to be creator, you know, as um, uh, Lee was amazing this last couple um, uh, months and uh, this last four months. And we see the community, we really, really came together. Bodies came together, you know, 
um, feeding the city, feeding all the municipality around here, and uh, and we as a placemaker organization, we have to bring something to put in the table available to help the community with COVID-19. And uh, why not some hand wash? You know? Yeah, the, the hand washing is incredible. I um, I spent a couple of years in the Peace Corps in Guatemala oh, doing uh, public, yeah, doing a public health um, project called Healthy Schools. And it was crazy because they send you out to these communities and they're like, yeah, you basically are going to go help if we want to talk about it. This is not on my resume. It looks cool. <laughs> but it's like you're, you're sent out of these communities and you have to do two things. Uh, wash hands and brush teeth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's it. It's not sexier than that. Yeah. But with those two habits, you know, you know, standards of health improve. The efficacy behind those things are so strong. Mm -hmm. And then you get to these communities um, and there's no water. <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, and there's there's no water, so how do you do these habits? And mm -hmm. so it's really cool that you guys are saying, yeah, you're, okay, to stop the pandemic, this is what we have to do. We have to wash hands. Mm -hmm. We need spaces to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. um, now we have them. And so how many of these are going to be put out around? How many are you creating? So we initially we did the one for Lynn Community Health Center, knowing that we had to, as quickly as we could, produce a produce some for my brother's table and then because you know the really there were it was pretty a huge group the vulnerable population task force but there were four major organizations that were involved Lynn Community Health Center the largest you know regional health center for greater Lynn up here it's uh, 200 physicians you know 700 I think 700 employees pretty sizable. Um, my brother's table, largest soup kitchen on the North Shore, Lynn Shelter Association, the shelter here. And because the shelter actually had to expand and move to the YMCA, uh, the Lynn YMCA. And so it was, how do we get hand washing stations to those parties? Um, and then through that process, we sort of learned that, all right, well, there's, you know, we, we're also driven on economic vibrancy and development. And so looking at all these restaurants that we've had, you know, strong ties to based on bringing them the artists and bringing them out, it was, uh, you know, the numbers were pretty, you know, it's, it's address immediate need, but thereafter it's like, all right, times of COVID, uh, all these restaurants are closed. They're all going to shutter. It's just a matter of time. Um, then it was sort of expand outdoor seating. Um, how do we help facilitate getting them uh, hand washing stations and facilitate? You know that if someone is afraid to go in the restaurant to wash their hands, even now the restaurants are open, right? Restaurants are open, but you know thirty percent of the restaurants in Salem, which is pretty dense restaurant wise are seating people indoors you know so how do you get someone if they're if they're grabbing a taco how do you get them so that they have a means of washing their hands before and then after um, or you know for a park I mean the World Health Organization you know in lieu of a vaccine there's, there's two ways that you can mitigate the spread of this thing you know wear a mask and wash your hands a kid wearing a mask 
it's perfectly fine for that kid to play on a playground. You know, if they wash their hands before and they wash their hands afterwards, you're safe, right? You're wearing a mask. So how do we facilitate doing that in, in communities that you know don't have um, don't have the finances to, to just quickly you know, come up with something new and implement it? So right. To just quickly invest in something, a different solution. Yeah. Um, and so when I was Preparing for, for the sit-down with you guys, I was thinking a lot about JR, because I think JR is fascinating. What he does by taking anyone's face, blowing it up, and then putting it in a very public place. And most of his work, not most of it, but some of his more prominent work, just because of the location, because like in the restaurant industry, I think the same with graffiti, location, location, location. Um, he's done a lot of work on borders, right? Whether that's between Palestine and Israel, or between the US border, um, places between, you know, in the Iberian, between Africa and Spain, to really call attention and create humanity around um, the people that are living there. And so with the Truth Be Told project and basically giving a face to the local heroes, mm -hmm. what borders, if, if you go with what JR is doing, what things do you think you're going to be going beyond? Like, what do you think you'll be tapping into um, as far as that project? It's your hero, uh, doesn't matter where they come from. Doesn't matter what the language they speak. Doesn't matter the age, you know, and they're doing something significant in your life. This was a hero. This was the person represent, you know. This way, this is the way we um, break barriers. You know, um, in some situation like this, we don't care who's gonna take your test to COVID-19 in the, in the health center. You're not gonna care about how is the doctor came to help you. Your neighbor gonna give you food if you were have a, you know, if you was positive. You know who's gonna check on you, and it's interesting because in my neighborhood everybody checking each other in the street. Are you okay? Are you protect yourself? You know, and uh, people have a kids. I used to stop to see if the kids okay, and you know, and you know they was out a little bit, and uh, you know it's okay here and. And we don't see like a, we don't see like a, uh, the language, uh, the background. Uh, this was one barrier we broke in the, we breaking out, you know. It's like a, does not have a division between when you need to put hands together to elevate other people. That's it. Um, you know, I, I mean, we followed along on, on with JR and, uh, this is, I think this is a very special time in history. So I, I think this is, this is going to be pretty powerful. Um, it's interesting just hearing, you know, we just, you know, we're trying to want to, you know, sometimes you, you, you know, you want to facilitate something, help do something, but, um, you know, we're, we're only as good as the funds that we raise. Right. And, you know, it, Funding's always a struggle for anything that's art and culture related, you know, and here it's, you know, although we were trying to address and be responsive to times of COVID-19, we were also very sensitive that, um, you know, funding needed to go to immediate needs. We didn't want to put out asks, but at the same time, the community's filling us on in on, there's a huge need because, you know, Josie's really led the charge um, on 
on some of the aspects of working with the youth and, and uh, some of the things that we're doing around youth curriculum work. Um, you know, we, we heard from the kids, we were hearing from the kids. So it's, you know, truth be told, it was something that we want to do. We've launched it. We have, we have a, uh, you know, we, we have a responsibility. We don't have the money. So you're like, <laughs> all right, we're, we're running on it. We're running on it. But, you know, we're also running on, uh, we're running on the funding, you know, and it's like, I want to, you know, we want to get as many stories as we possibly can. I'm looking at the printing costs doing our partnership with JR and the piece. And I'm like, man, it'll be awesome if we get, you know, a huge, you know, Lynn Community Health Center has said yes to their walls, you know. You know, it's a, it's a health center that serves this community and these are the youth stories. In fact, you know, if we were to use them, utilize them for the JR project, it's like, here's the heroes. Many of them are gonna be frontline health workers. Many of them are gonna be, you know, the bus driver, the, 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 the grocery clerk, the, you know, it's, it's gonna be a pretty diverse offering. It'll be really cool to have it on the health center. On a, you know, we're, we're running on the funding on that. So, so it's good because it gives you the charge, right? Because it, it, got, it's gotta happen, right? Like, and it's like that every year. It's like, hey, the artists are literally arriving. We're picking the artists up on Sunday we got to get these walls primed. We've got to get this area cleaned up. We got to, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, you gotta, it's a, it's a can do, but it's also a, you gotta do it. <laughs> and this is, we're back in that place. So, you know, it's like that on anything like wash. It's awesome. It's responsive. It fits into, you know, there's some cares act funding there. There's some other funding potential there, but like, how do you get the news out? to these municipalities when we haven't traditionally this is a very responsive to this time period please we haven't really plugged in you know but it's like you know chelsea revere you know the entire gateway city yeah you know i mean fall river new bedford springfield you know anywhere that's densely packed that's been particularly hit you know very diverse populations um vulnerable populations in some regards in, in some of these cities how do we how do we get the news out that we've got these hand washing stations how do we build the demand is there how do we plug in so it's interesting I mean it's it's just a three-person operation so it's sort of like it's crazy. that's it this is it right here this is it you you're looking at the <laughs> Nope. Phil's right now getting all these texts. <laughs> Al is not answering phones. Josie's on site. Yeah. <laughs> so we gotta, we gotta, we gotta scale because it's you know we've got this, we've got this big space, you know, and I'm uh, now that I'm trying to figure out a way that you know can we turn this into a bit of a an assembly line, you know I think there's the challenge for the, you know, we can do this safely here. We can all be wearing masks. We can spread out. There's just a ton of kids that are out there right now that, um, you know, they don't, uh, they don't, they're not, they're not able to do the summer camp because the summer camp can figure out a way to, you know, do the busing, you know, and, and make it, they couldn't fund it because you got to spread the kids out on the buses so much. So it's like camps that we're serving, know 400 kids are serving 48 kids you know um 
jobs that the kids traditionally got during the summer. They're not, they're not, they're not hiring. So how do we, how do we make sure that we're plugging in? How, how can we have the youth help us with these projects and, and build this? So we're trying to just figure that out. And this space is, is pretty cool if we can build it out and set it up as a bit of an assembly line. So trying to plug into, you know, GE is still the biggest employer here in the city, you know, 3000 people used to employ, you know, in post-World War II boom through, through the seventies, it was 45,000 employees, sizable. How do we plug in with them? You know, they've started a partnership with Lynn Tech. You know, they had hiring needs for machinists and parties retiring. Lynn Vocational uh, Technical High School is literally abuts their property. Um, you know, how to, there's all sorts of ways. We've got to find the ways to plug in to, to help facilitate some of this stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah, but you improve, improve, and create, and create, and improve, create, improve, adapting. But that's why these, po you know, like your podcast is really interesting, and in that I'm, you know, we're hoping that there's uh, there's parties that are listening that are, you know, interested in in, in this sort of work, and uh, maybe uh, interested in plugging in or figuring things out. Or we're we're open to hearing from hearing from people and collaboration. Parties can help. Us. I mean, we we're. we're Headquartered in Lynn, our hearts live in Lynn. You know, our, our, our DNA is here and we'll, we'll always be here. As, as long as we can do this work, we'll be here. But we are doing work in other communities and other cities. And we've been doing work in yeah. five, six cities to date. But, yeah. um, you know, we're looking to really focus on these former industrial cities or gateway cities of the Commonwealth primarily. And there's a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's nothing but work. To, I mean, there's a lot of cities that are that have been now. You know, imagine if you're seventy or eighty years old, you've seen some of these cities go through like three or four different transitions with the information technology, and now we're like even coming out of that um, into another space with COVID, um, where jobs are seemingly evaporating, and so cities are going to need to be innovative and you know work with local communities like Beyond Walls, which is why I'm so happy that we were able to sit down because uh, only through conversation can we continue to move forward, period. Yeah, and exactly. Beyond Walls does that, creates those spaces. And so um, if somebody, you know, so somebody's on the North Shore and they hear this and they're like, I really want to help what they do. Um, volunteering, donating, maybe they work at a company and they could run it up the flagpole and say, hey, you should check them out. I know we have this money set aside for nonprofits. How can people, well, what's the best way for people to help out, whether they have money, they don't have money, or they have a connection? What does that look like? Yeah, so uh, they can visit us at beyond-walls.org, um, and they can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Beyond Walls Lynn. Um, uh, but we welcome them plugging in any which way. So the, you know, the, the, the Google line is, is on the website. Uh, sometimes it rings more than, than other times, uh, but it's um, yeah. We'd love to hear from parties. I mean, on the on the corporate sponsorship side, it's certainly something where we're we're looking for help. You know, we're looking to expand that. Um, even like a, a soap sponsor for the hand washing stations would be huge. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean. Local organizations would be great plugging in with polar beverages or anything. You know, I think 
I think the reality is the the festivals and installing street art is a very special. Uh, it's it's special, right? When you're bringing all of these groups together and getting the art up. In, in pre-COVID times, it was like, how many people can we get together in this time, um, in this one place? In COVID times, it, you know, we're we're looking at how can parties follow along remotely yeah. as the arts installed, you know, and um, how can we celebrate that? So, you know, I'm looking for help on the technology side, um, everywhere, you know, but if people want to just plug in, volunteer, share some ideas with us, whatever, it's, uh, you know, the, the address is there on the website. We're right here at 18 Mount Vernon Street in Lynn. Just come knock on the door. That's all I did. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know if you were going to open. I'm like, I didn't confirm. Hopefully he's there. Um, we're, we're here. We're definitely, we're, we're definitely here. <laughs> well, Al and Josie, thank you so much for joining uh, me on the podcast. And um, beyond-walls.org is a great, great place to start. And even when you get to their homepage, you have all the social media icons underneath before you hit enter to go to the website. Um, and please visit beyond-walls.org if you're interested in supporting their work. So thank you guys. Thanks thank so you. much. Thank you Thanks so for much. having us. Appreciate it. Please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Wi-Fi and Water Podcast and reach out to us if you'd like to be a guest or have an idea for a future episode.